This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Join us at 1-800-919-3776 and also these Twitter handles very important for you. At Hardesty ESPN, at Gordon Damer, and at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Brian DeBrain and Will the Thrill with us until Freddie and Fitz at midnight on 98.7 ESPN in New York. Hey, Gordon Damer. Larry, how are we feeling tonight? We're feeling pretty good tonight, Gordon. This was this was a rare night. This was one of the few nights that I had very little trepidation that the Knicks were going to blow a game. One of the few this season. One of the few. You're a bold man, my friend. Well, because I saw what was you, on the they, court. Yeah, they, didn't, they didn't give you much of a, of a scare tonight, though. That's no, fair. not there at all. There was never really a moment where you're like, uh-oh, is this going to go the wrong way here? The only thing that concerned me was with four minutes and change in the fourth quarter, I looked up and I said to Jeanette, why is R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle in the game? <laughs> well, at least they got – I think they got taken out shortly after. They got a good three minutes off tonight, Larry. In the last three minutes break. of the game, they, they got to sit down, I think. I mean, why were they even in the game, I'm Gordon? Not, they were I'm 21. Not, I'm, not, I'm not really sure. And, and I get I – get, they, they've blown some leads. <laughs> Believe me, I understand. But I thought against this team, this lead was pretty safe. Yeah, and they didn't blow those leads with those guys on the bench. No, it's true. They, they blew those games with those guys in the game. So <laughs> That's pretty scary. Yeah, that's not great. <laughs> uh, look, another great game for RJ, another, mm-hmm. you know, another little uh, brick in the wall that has been his, uh, this season for him, which he's really kind of taken a step forward here, 31 points tonight. So uh, that's, to me, that's the saving grace. You know, there's other guys that chipped in. There's other guys that played. Toppin got a little bit of run tonight, scored 13 points. Anytime he's in double figures, that's noteworthy these days. Uh, quickly had another strong game off the bench. But really, it's about R.J. Barrett and mm-hmm. getting this season over with as quickly as possible. It is, but it is also about, Gordon, finding out what these young players can do. And once again, you like the way Quickly is playing now. The question is, what? why is he playing this way now and was not able to play this way earlier? So you have to go back and watch some video and find out, okay, what was he doing? What was happening? What has changed? Because this team has some decisions to make, my friend. What are we doing with some of these young players? Yeah, uh, and with Quickly, when he goes into a slump, I guess when everybody goes into a slump, they, they really struggle. But when he hits a slump, man, it's – I mean, the slump that he hit earlier this year, he was shooting like – what was it, like 20% or something like that. I mean, he was really – um, and it kind of comes out of nowhere, and it kind of fixes itself pretty quickly too. But, mm-hmm. I mean, that's nice that it fixes itself, or he fixes it, but it kind of worries you that, like, why is it getting quick? Why did it get quick? You know, it, it flipped very quickly, but it took so long for it to flip. There wasn't mm-hmm. like a slow, steady progression of him getting back to the player he has been at other times. So, uh, yeah, no, the Knicks definitely have some decisions to make. And according to some reports, the one one they do not have to make is about the head coach. He's not going anywhere. No, it looks that way that he will be back. And I'm not surprised, but I will say this. He will be on a relatively short leash next season because of how this season ended. And depending on what moves they make in the offseason, they will have to, he will have to produce because this year is a failed year. There's no question about it. No matter how we look at it, however we're trying to dress it up by looking at the positives of the young kids finally playing, the bottom line is this team is, was not supposed to be 29 and 40. 
I don't know that they were supposed to be 40 and 29, but they clearly weren't supposed to be 29 and 40. And yes, there's been a number of things front office. We've, we've talked about it, but he is Thibodeau, has got to put his share of the blame on this pie too. Oh, no question. Uh, and I think really him going to next year is more about last year than it is this year, right? right. Like if you were only judging it by this year, I don't know necessarily that there would be definitely a next year, but uh, w- they did have both of those years. And now next year is about, do you have to take another step in the right direction? Because this year, and it's not just about the coach, it's about the front office. To me, it's, it's more about the front office because what the front office did in the off season, as, as much as we point out all the flaws of the head coach, the front office last off season just did an abysmal job. Really no. could not do a worse job. So they have to take a major step forward this off season. I'm really curious about Obi Toppin and how much playing time he's going to get down the stretch, Gordon. And you know the thing you love about him. Listen, there's no question about how he performs up and down the court on the fast break. He's a fast break machine. You love that about him. He's entertaining. He, you know, he's he's a highlight film. It's great. The bottom line here is for him to take that next step is you saw him hit the three, one, one for four mm-hmm. from three, but you saw him hit the three from the corner. That's good. For me, I would like to see him establish more of a mid-range game. Okay, I understand the three is that's the league, that's the way we are right now. But for me, because he gets he has such explosion to the basket, give me a mid-range game where players have to now come up to defend you and you can make a move to go past them and go to the, go to the basket and finish strong. That would be lovely. I don't know that I'm all that confident. You know, like he's he's been taking that corner three any chance he gets, and and it's still not really a, a reliable shot. It's not really it a isn't. great shot. So, nope. Developing a mid range game that seems like it would be a little bit more difficult to do. Yeah, but 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 see, this I get it your should point. Be easier. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it, well, it should be easier because the list, the distance is less, and and yeah. even though he's shooting from the the smallest distance on mm-hmm. three-point range to the basket, which is why he loves the corners. And also why, because that's the only place he's going to get the ball in the yeah. half-court offense. Because that's where they put you just to die. You know, I mean, McBride's been over in that three-point hole in the corner. <laughs> Toppin's in that three-point hole. That's when they don't run anything for you. You're the, you're the last option. And if you come out of there, uh, maybe you'll get a shot. Most of the times you will not. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, at this point, it's really about the ping pong ball. So tonight was mm-hmm. not really what I was looking for, although I kind of expected it going into the game. Yeah. Um, but uh, well, well, we'll see. I mean, it is nice to see that R.J. Barrett, like, I think we can now kind of remove whether or not he's a guy that you can build around. I think he's kind Agreed. of proven this year that he is Agreed. that guy. Agreed. I mean, 31 points in 40 minutes is not bad. And you know what I always talk about? And listen, it's unfair, but I kind of gauge – players' performances on what Kevin Durant does as far as efficiency scoring. So 10 of 20, I can deal with. I can deal with 10 of 20. It's a, it's like a 5 of 18 that Julius Randle had or something of that nature that you're like, okay, your efficiency needs to, you know, it needs to, to be better. And tonight he did a good job. So I have no problems with him, and I agree with you. He's, that shows you what hard work can do. Right. He's worked hard and he's hitting his free throws of late, too, which is really it was six of seven tonight, which is like outstanding gold star for him. Yeah. I mean, you just take a look at his progression in terms of just overall performance. Uh, First year was about 14 points a game. Last year, about 17 points a game. This year, about 19 points a game. Uh, So, you know, things are moving in the right direction. And look, the the Knicks have a lot of things to do. They got a lot of things to fix. They got a lot of players to, to get answers on. He's one that's not on that list. 
Bad news for the Nets. Gordon, did you see this? Uh, it was updated, according to Brian Lewis of the New York Post, a little over an hour and a half ago. Ben Simmons had an epidural injection this week to help relieve his back pain. So it is now unclear when or even if Simmons will make his season debut. Now, earlier, we, there were stories around that they had hoped that he could make his debut before the end of the season. Now you got to wonder. Well, with the way things are trying, like it was, I think, was it last? Yeah, it was on Saturday. There was all of a sudden a story where that was the day that he was supposed to like work with the team in mm-hmm. some capacity and practice. And they were like, well, he's not even at that stage yet. And you're thinking to yourself, he's not at that stage yet. <laughs> if he's not at that stage. Like how many other stages are there before you really? get to the stage? I mean, you know, the, the season is ticking away here. You have to really wonder, uh, we all have talked about how the Nets will have to do this without Kyrie or will they have Kyrie. I don't think they're going to have Ben Simmons at any point. Sounds that way. I agree with you. Sounds that way. And tonight, they had an old friend come back and beat them. Spencer Dinwiddie at the buzzer gives Dallas a two-point win over the Brooklyn Nets. And, you know, it's interesting. And it's it's interesting, but it's not surprising that the Nets are 14-19 and 19 at home because that's where one of their guys can't play. Right. Yeah, you know, I mean, and, and a game like this, I mean, clearly they would have won that game if, if Kyrie's able to play. It's a huge thing. I mean, it's been a story all season long. And, and, and how behind the scenes, I, I, gotta, I don't know if I give Kevin Durant credit for the patience that he's exhibiting. I, yeah. I, I don't know how. It just does not compute to me that I would be on a team and I'm fighting for my life. And I'm looking to win it. I mean, the Nets are championship or bust. Mm -hmm. And here I am busting my butt. And there's a guy on the team that is not willing to do really the bare minimum to help me out. Yeah, It would drive me crazy. I would not be able to stop. My wife would be so sick of me talking about it. (laughs) I would talk about it every single day. Wouldn't bring up any new points. Wouldn't Mm -hmm. have any new information. I would just complain about it every single day, and I don't know how Kevin Durant doesn't complain about it. Yeah, boy, sixty point last night. Sure could have used a couple of them tonight. <laughs> I mean, like it, it's like it's like it, it's the elephant in the room. I it mean, is. it's it's just it staring is. you right in the face. And here's a game, a perfect example tonight. Another yeah. game that they very well would have won, and here they are sitting almost certainly in the play-in game. Yeah, Durant uh, did his best. He hit a three to put them up. Late in the game, had 23, 8 of 20 from the field, had 10 assists. So he was distributing and trying to score, uh, but just wasn't enough. Uh, Goran Dragic, listen, 21 points from him, which was a nice surprise. He'd been struggling shooting. And Durant played 40 minutes tonight. So uh, just not enough, just two points short. So we'll see what uh, Brooklyn does because they really, you don't want to fall much further than where they are. All right, you want to try to hold on as much as you can and try to move up, not move back. So. This was, uh, you know, after that fabulous win last night, this is a tough loss for them. Yeah, no, absolutely. You kind of were hoping that things were going to start to, to, to normalize at some point, right? I mean, after yeah. you see what you have from Kyrie, and he has some big games here and there, and, 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 and a night ago it was certainly a big game. You thought that at some point Ben Simmons, you know, we're talking, what was it, the 10th when the, 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 the Nets played the Sixers? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tomorrow yeah. St. Patrick's Day, and it seems even less likely that Ben <laughs> right. Simmons is going to – like it's going in the wrong direction. It definitely is. And even though he, he still looks – he looks a little – he looks in a little better shape than he did before, but Luka Doncic still let them up. 37 points, 14 of 26, 5 of, 
five of twelve from three, uh, nine rebounds, nine assists, almost had a triple double. He is a, he can really play the basketball. Player. He yeah, he I really mean, is. He really is. Complains entirely too much oh, for me. Oh, wow, look. I mean, every <laughs> thing. Right. Yeah. Every yeah. little thing. He'd fit in perfect with the Knicks, right? I mean, he'd be I mean, a perfect Nick. He he would put Tom Thibodeau to shame. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everything. I mean, you see him pointing to the ref. The, the light's not right. Can, can you get them to fix the light? Everything. I mean, every little thing is it's just amazing. But he is a terrific player. He's fun to watch. Really is. Well, Gordon, in about 20 minutes or so, we will have – Day three, region three of the March movie Mayhem. And I am so looking forward to this region that we're going to divulge tonight. Yes, well, tonight we have the number one overall seed. The by far top vote getter will be revealed tonight. And I don't think it's all that much of a surprise of who that number one seed is, if you think about it for a minute. But the matchup that we put the number, the selection committee, Larry, is devious. (laughs) <laughs> and what the selection committee has done to that number one seed, it's going to be a battle of of of, um, of the of muscle, but also mm. of the heart. Ooh, yeah. You sold that very well. That's a nice job. That's what I'm about. Have That's I told nice you job. about FanDuel? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice job from Segway City, North Dakota. Look at you. Right. When we return. How Steinbrenner spoke, and I know he's got some questions that Gordon needs answering and some other Yankee fans. We'll hear from the Yankee owner next. You're listening to ESPN New York Tonight on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon Damon, how Steinbrenner spoke today. Yeah, I heard. One of the questions, why hasn't the team made a big splash? Here's what the Yankee owner had to say. I think you know me well enough to know, and Cash will tell you, that I am willing to discuss and consider anything that my baseball people bring to me. And that process was done this year. I mean, as it is every year. We left no stone unturned. Obviously, uh, you know, once the lockout ended, there's considerably less time to get anything done. But it doesn't mean we weren't preparing and discussing and looking at everything the last two months. All right, Gordon. So translate this for me. Does that mean he would have made the move if somebody had brought him something? Or does it mean that he didn't like what they brought him, so he said no? Uh, I think it's that he didn't like what they brought him, so he said no. Okay. I mean, that's the way I read it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if he, if he likes something, they would have maybe done it. And I guess he's leaving himself the wiggle room that if something does materialize here before opening day or during the season, um, that they always have the potential to, to make that kind of move. But uh, they, they, haven't done, they haven't done a whole lot. No, they haven't. And more and more Yankee fans, um, I spoke to a couple today, they're just not happy with this with this last trade. And it's, it's because they're a little confused as to what, 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 what does it mean? Right. Well, look, they got older and they got um, less productive offensively, right? There's, there's no, you cannot argue that they did both of those things. And offense has been the major problem of this team in big spots and in the playoffs. The offense has not clicked. And they worsened their offense at two positions. You know, the idea, well, you know, they got this catcher and he improves them defensively. A cardboard box would improve them defensively. Uh, you know, removing Gary from the equation <laughs> improves them defensively. That's not, that's not very hard to do. Um, but they have not improved offensively uh, with, the, with the deals that they've made. And the, the one big piece that they got at third base, he's been a guy who's he's older. He's 36 years old and he's had some injury concerns. So... Yeah, that would worry you. I I will say this. The last time I remember the Yankees going into the season where it felt like the overwhelming reaction of fans was not good was 2017. 
Going okay. into 20, you know, before the real, the right. young bombers emerged, uh, it, it's, it felt like that was a year where there was a lot of conversations of whether or not the Yankees would still remain finishing over 500 that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the rotation had a lot of questions. The offense had a lot of questions. So uh, I think they have more questions this year because the other teams around them are just so much better. Uh, I think the, that the Rays are clearly a better run organization than the Yankees have been the last couple of years. I have more faith in the Red Sox figuring things out than I do the Yankees figuring things out. And if the Blue Jays make another big splash, watch out. I mean, they're, they're already – I mean, they were nipping at the Yankees' heels last year. Yeah, sure were. Really were. If their pitching had been better, they would have, they would have passed them because offensively they blow them away. There's no question yeah. about it. I mean, look, it's, it's just not – it's not a big – it's not a big offensive team. Now, there, there's still things to be decided, and cl- which is kind of crazy that we're into spring training, mm-hmm. opening day, and we don't know what the rules of the game are. I know. Isn't that something? Like, we don't know if they're going to ban the shift. We don't know if they're going to bring in a pitch clock. We, I mean, we don't know yet. It's just yeah. crazy that, they, that they're still kind of figuring this th- <laughs> these things out on the fly. I would think they, weren't do- they won't do anything until next season. I would guess, right? I mean, it's but other with baseball, than the DH, right? Other but than with the baseball, DH. are you are you all that confident, right? Like even when they were doing the, the coming to the new CBA, it was like, all right, we've settled on the amount of playoff teams, and they didn't have a deal. And they're like, well, we're revisiting the amount of playoff teams. There's been talk that they're going to bring back the the runner at second base and extra yeah. innings again. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of stuff that's still up in the air. Um, the, I, I guess the thing where I was kind of looking at it after the show last night, the thing where you really would need for the Yankees to feel a whole lot, or one thing that you would feel a whole lot better about the Yankees if this happened, if Glaber Torres got back to the Glaber Torres of two years ago, that would help, I think, improve everybody's uh, feelings surrounding where the Yankees are at offensively. I agree with you. I, th- I think he needs to make a statement, and you need to find out he needs to get off to a quick start. That would be helpful. And listen, so does Gallo. Can Gallo get off to a decent start more than he's been, more than he was when he got here last year? That would be nice. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, he's a guy that you're counting on this year. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot riding on for him. Uh, how many – where's he playing every single day? What's the infield look like every single day? A lot of qu- – they still have a lot of questions, and they still – you would have to think have another deal or two in them before the season opens. I think they do. How Steinbrenner was asked, does Steve Cohen spending change your habits? I think everybody expects that I do, but, but the answer is no, because the fact is I can't control what resources other owners or other teams have and what they're going to do with those resources. I make the same commitment every year. My family does, which is to do everything we're able to do to feel a championship caliber team and try to win a World Series. And I will continue to do everything I'm able to do to accomplish it. You have to ask the question, that's the answer you were going to get anyway. <laughs> Even if yeah. it wasn't true, that's the answer you're going to get. Yeah. Well, I mean, he can say that, but it doesn't – when when all these teams – let's let's put it this way. The man, I brought this up the other night. The manager of the team is overly optimistic. And overly. when the season ended last year, he said, these teams have caught up to us. Mm-hmm. What he really means is these teams have passed us. And now we're going into this season – and the Yankees have not really made significant changes to catch back up to those other teams. So, so they've moved further away from right, you. exactly. Mm-hmm. So if you're saying if your if your own manager, who's wildly overly optimistic, is saying that those teams have now kind of passes, the Astros are better, the Rays have been better, your division is better. 
The White Sox, you know they're going to the playoffs. I mean, they have a clear path to the playoffs in that division. Mm-hmm. It's great that there's, there's an extra playoff spot, but it doesn't really feel like you've made the necessary changes when it was clear last year you were not good enough to really hang with the best in baseball. Hal Steinbrenner, how do you feel about the Mets' rise? Do you welcome the Mets' newfound celebrity? Celebrity. I, I, you know, I've had a couple lunches with him. He seems like a pretty down-to-earth guy to me, but I don't know him well. Look, I think it's great for the fans of New York to have two competitive baseball teams. Um, you know, we're in different leagues, but to a certain extent we're rivals. I think it's going to make the summer uh, a lot of fun. The most important one for Yankee fans on judges' extension talks. Hal, do you plan to engage with Judge before the start of the regular season? He indicated yesterday that he would not want to have those type of extension talks. And I think that's a pretty normal normal thing. He's got things to focus on. Uh, you know, that's a great ca- question for Cashman, but we've been talking about Yes, it's going to happen soon. All right, so it's going to happen soon. Doesn't mean this year, though. <laughs> soon is open-ended, Gordon. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, we'll see. Uh, you know, one thing, and we brought it up last night, and again, I was saying, I was talk- thinking about the Yankees uh, after the show last night. I-, I know that there's been a lot of focus on Aaron Judge and-, and, the- and the vaccine and what happens if he doesn't play. I find it very, very hard to believe that Aaron Judge is willingly going to put himself in a situation where he could possibly miss 93 games. I agree. I mean, it just Nothing seems absolutely ridiculous. Now, with Kyrie Irving missing games, that doesn't surprise me. I don't really think Kyrie cares about the regular season. I don't know how much he really loves basketball to begin with. I just find it very hard to believe. Either the rules are going to change or he will get vaccinated before the start. I just find it impossible to believe that he would put himself in that situation. I agree with you on two fronts. He's not the type of player who doesn't want to play. You know he wants to play. He loves playing the game. And number two, from a business standpoint, he's not going to move, lose his service time and have to wait another year another to be a year. free agent. He's Especially not going to for, do that. Right? No, that would, I mean, that would be the stupidest thing we've ever seen. You know, especially at his age. Not that he's AARP. But no, you know but right. Saying. You waited long enough. to. It's very hard in baseball to, to get to that stage. Guys, it takes a long time to get to that stage. And now he's at that stage where he can finally cash in. And you're right. I don't know how he's going to age as a player. He has to cash in when he can. And, and now is the time. So to jeopardize that by something you can control seems kind of outlandish. But Gordon, it's that time. Everybody's talking about it. It's the March movie Mayhem, and it is Region 3. Yes, and so far, it is, it's gone pretty much according to the city. There's been some upsets here or there. Nothing, nothing all that major in the first two days. The, uh, the top three, four seeds in the region uh, yesterday that we did all moved on. Shooter McGavin, uh, shoot, uh, Jesus Shuttlesworth, uh, Rudy moved on, Apollo Creed moved on. I guess the big upset so far happened yesterday. Billy Hoyle from White Men Can't Jump taking down Jimmy Chitwood, the number oh. five seed. That's oh. the that, that's about the biggest one uh, so far. White Goodman took down Judge Smales from Caddyshack, but that was an 8-9. Those can always go either way. Mm-hmm. But tonight, Larry, tonight might be... The night of upsets. Ooh. So let's get to region three of March Movie Mayhem. The greatest sports heroes, the greatest sports villains of movies and television. And the number one seat, the number one overall vote getter by far. You know him, you love him, you've been watching him for 50 years. The number one seat is 
I just want to say one thing to my wife who's home. Yo, Adrian! I did it! Rocky Balboa, the number one overall seed. And that's not really a surprise. No. Rocky, right? No. Everybody would kind of think that. No. But Larry, as I said earlier, this selection committee, wow. they've got a mean streak. <laughs> they do. Because they do. the number 16 seed for Rocky to go up against in the opening round is... In the beginning, I didn't care about what happened to me. I go in the ring, I get busted up. I didn't care. But now there's you, there's a kid. I don't want to lose what I got. Why do we have that can't be replaced? What? A house. We got cars. We got money. We got everything but the truth. What's that truth, damn it? I'm afraid, all right? You want to hear me say it? You want to break me down? All right, I'm afraid. Oh, and Rocky should be afraid because he's going up against his wife in the opening round. Adrian is the 16th seed, Larry. She did the godfather on him. Oh, <laughs> this, is gotta, this is gonna be a, a battle of the mind. It's gonna be a it battle is. of the heart. It's gonna be this a battle. That's what that much we know for sure. So Rocky wow. versus Adrian, the first matchup in region number three in March sneaky. movie mayhem. Sneaky. Yes, very sneaky. All right, so the number two seed, one that I think is a very live. This this uh, would not shock me at all if the number two seed in this region went to the final four. The number two seed is. <laughs> hurt a little but i'm all right oh my god son what the hell are you doing 364 more days till next year's hockey tryouts i gotta toughen up yeah oh god i felt good yeah all right he he loved hockey didn't really care for golf but happy gilmore two mm. sports star larry is the number mm-hmm. two seed and he will go up against the butcher of bakersfield the number 15 seed larry is here he is Ready to pay the price for our home audience. In person, the Butcher of Bakersfield. Oh, and it's Ben Richards from The Running Man. Of course, Arnold Schwarzenegger in the uh, title role there of uh, The Running Man, Ben Richards. So happy Gilmore versus Ben Richards in the second matchup so far. All right, let's move through these a little quicker because I'm taking too long. Number three seed... A little bit of a surprise this high up, but a lot of votes for the number three seed, who is... Pops it up. Oh, Ensign should have no trouble with this. She's under it. Oh, Uncle Elmore Socks, what did she do? I can't do that. Who can? Oh, Dottie Hinson from A League of Their Own. There's no crying in baseball, Gordon. There's no cry- well, look, somebody's going to be crying when they lose this matchup because it's sure. a baseball versus baseball matchup here, Larry. The 14th seed is... Hey! I don't recognize this guy. Say hey! Play Maze Hayes here. Play like Maze, I run like Hayes. He may run like Mays, but he hits like you-know-what, Larry. The number 14th seed is Willie Mays Hayes from Major League. All right, so moving on now. The number four seed, same movie, Mm. different character, and certainly a villain. The number four seed is. Hey, 
Greenwood steps in, the American League's triple crown winner, 341 average, 48 homers, 121 RBIs. He's homered the only two times he's faced one. Yes, Clue Haywood, who was actually Pete Vukovic, the former pitcher. That's right. That's right. Uh, that was Clue Haywood. That's the uh, the guy who played him in the movie. Clue Haywood, the uh, the Yankee slugger who takes uh, Ricky Vaughn deep. Spoiler alert. You, you should have seen it by now. It came out 30 years ago. Uh, and the number 13 seed there is... Why is he calling for a curveball? I want to bring heat. Is that the whole cut? Okay, yes. There's Nuke Lelouch from Bull Durham. Uh, sorry, I Man didn't remember that cut that well. Yeah. Man, a few words. Yeah. That, that, it might be, and it might be the only words he gets as he goes up against Clue Haywood, Larry. This is true. Uh, yeah, my three. Number five seed, a guy who has all the words. It's a family mob. Are you ready, Jim? I'm ready. Just want to make sure you're ready, brother. Here it is. Show me the money. Could you imagine if that movie came out when like Twitter and memes really existed? You would have seen that absolutely everywhere. Yes. All over uh, the place. Yeah, all over the place. Number 12. Now, we mentioned this movie earlier. Sometimes the, the main person in the movie, the, the headliner, is not really who steals the show. This character steals the show in this movie. The number 12 seed is... You look pissed, Ben. Believe me, you got every right to be. But hey, will you, will you just let me explain? This is television. That's all it is. Uh, it's nothing to do with people. It's to do with the rating. For 50 years, we've told them what to eat, what to drink, what to wear. For Christ's sake, Ben, don't you understand? Americans love television. Damien, uh, Damon Killian, of course, Richard Dawson from The Running Man, played such a perfect talk. I got was it, a game show, right? Yeah. Game yeah. show host. Well, he was a good game show host. He really was. Still the best family feud guy, no question. Yeah. Didn't kiss anybody on this show, though. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, he did. He did. He did. It was a different time in America. He did, right on the lips. The I husband's know. standing right next to him. Larry just kisses women on the lips. Not today. No, no. <laughs> I don't think up. that would fly. <laughs> <laughs> that would not. Uh, he'd be out of there faster than fast money. Down goes Dawson. Yeah, down goes Dawson indeed. <laughs> All right, so moving on. The number six seed. Oh, it's not just one. It's not just two. It's three for the six seed who are... There goes Jeff Hansen into the corner. I think it's Jeff. No, it's Jack. Uh, it's 17. I'll have to check that later. Huey puts a crushing check on him on the boards. Oh, I'm telling you, things are really going on out there now. Now Steve is in front of the net. And I think that's Steve. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah, it is Steve. Yes, it's the Hansen brothers, of course, from Slapshot. Who says we don't do hockey on this show, Larry? We do it all the time. Now, is this the movie Hansen Brothers or LaGreca's Friends, the Hansen Brothers? No, this is this is the uh, the movie Hansen. Oh, Brothers. okay, just check. Yes, this is not the group, the Hansons, who are oh, like all grow. They're like grown men now from uh, from the music group. The number eleven seed, a bit of a controversial selection by the committee. Yeah, interesting. Number eleven is. As always, in the second place spot, we find Chick Hicks. He's been chasing that tail pin his entire career. Chick thought this was his year, Bob. His chance to finally emerge from the King's shadow. Yes, Chick Hicks. 
I always like uh, Michael Keaton in any role, even when he is a, a cartoon car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, all right, moving on. The number seven seed. I think this one's a very live chance to move deep into this field. The number seven. Ricky Bobby, today's big winner. Heck of a win for you today, but it seems as if you either win or crash the car trying to win. Well, Dak, here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence, and nobody can hang with my stuff. Uh, you know, I'm just a just a big, hairy American winning machine. If you ain't first, you're last. You know, what I'm talking about? That phrase is trademark, not to use the other tradition, Ricky Bobby Inc. All right, yeah, we're not going to get too many clips from Ricky Bobby. No. I don't know how many there no. might be there. Number 10 seed going up against Ricky Bobby is... It all comes down to this role. Roy Munson, a man-child, with a dream to topple bowling giant Ernie McCracken. If he strikes, he's the 1979 Odor Eaters champion. He's got one foot in the frying pan and one in the pressure cooker. Believe me, as a bowler, I know that right about now, your bladder feels like an overstuffed vacuum cleaner bag, and your butt is kind of like an about-to-explode bratwurst. Yes, oh, terrible dear. hair, but a great movie villain. Big Earn, Ernie McCracken from Kingpin. And then finally, the last matchup of, of, of region number three, Larry. We have mm-hmm. the number eight seed who a lot of people on the selection committee love this movie. Uh, it's not one of my favorites, but the number eight seed is... Because when Mr. Myrtle asked the cops how long he had to keep the beast chained up like a slave, he said until forever. That's the entire, that's all we got from the dog. The Beast from Sandlot, who turned out to be a beautiful dog, but the Beast is the number eight seed. And then finally, the number nine seed looking to take down the dog is... Here, Henry, you throw it. Okay. Here goes. Oh my God! Yes, Henry Rowengartner, which is not easy to say. The rookie of the year. He is the number nine seed. Those are your participants for Region Three, Larry. And voting is now open on Twitter. Right now, at Gordon Damer, at Hardesty ESPN, at ESPN NY ninety eight underscore seven FM. If you missed any, follow me. I have retweeted all of them. I liked them and retweeted all of them. So if you missed any, you can do that right now. Gordon Sorts by John Morosi says, Freddie Freeman are deep in talks tonight on a deal that could guarantee around $150 million to the Los Angeles Dodgers. I think that works out best for everybody, right? Absolutely. You can live with that. I can live yeah. with that. Everybody can yeah. live with that. Get them I'm out good. there. I'm good. Now, I'm very good. I do think that that, I mean, the Dodgers have to be prohibitive favorites if they get Freddie Freeman yeah, on everything be. else that they have. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Before we get to the calls, Gordon, you know, Aaron Boone was asked today about the New York City vaccination status for opening day on April 7th. Boone said he was not too concerned about that. Randy Levine is on the negotiating with the top council members in New York City. It seems like this will get lifted and it will be put behind us. That's quoting Aaron Boone. 
But Eric Adams had a statement today, Gordon, and he made it very clear that uh, one person is not going to change what he wants done. That players who uh, come from outside the city and are not vac vaccinated can play, and those who are on New York City sports teams are, allow are not allowed to play. It's not with private businesses. And we're going to continue to peel back. But let's be clear. Everyone is focusing on the sports area. It's, they're focusing on one person. I'm focused on 9 million people. We are here. The NBA has a season because of mandates. You know, they didn't have to cancel their season because we had mandates in place. We are here where our schools are open, where businesses are open. Our city is not being closed down. Our hospitals are not being overrun. This is why we're here. And so I'm not looking at one person. I'm looking at my city not closing down again, not having to deal with this crisis again. We're going to peel back like we did uh, with uh, the uh, key to NYC, like we did with children. We're going to continue to do so, but I'm not going to be rushed in based on a season schedule. I'm going to do this right for the people of the city, and I'm not focusing on one individual. I'm focusing on nine million. All right, so my translation, Gordon, I'm interested to hear what you're hearing, is... Okay, Kyrie, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm in no rush, all right? I'm not doing this for you, all right? Baseball, though, Gordon, might have a shot because when he says peel back according to the way things are going, you know, by the time you get to opening day, maybe you have an opportunity, or if not opening day, maybe sometime shortly thereafter, well, you may have that opportunity for, to get guys who, may, who aren't vaccinated to be able to go. Yeah, I don't think it will end up being an issue. I think this is one of those ones that we're all focusing on right now for the obvious reasons, but I just find it hard to believe that this is still going to be an issue basically you know, a month from now. Mm -hmm. um, and with the negotiating power of the baseball teams in town, I would think that they would probably – I mean, it's such a silly – I think most people are in agreement that it's a silly rule. Mm -hmm. I can kind of see where the mayor is coming from, though, that even with a silly rule that he did not institute and he got, you know, put on, um, that all of a sudden he's, you know, people expect him to jump on something just because of, you know, I don't know how many players the Yankees and Mets have that are unvaccinated that this would apply to. But now all of a sudden people are expecting him to jump on it because of those four or five players. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, that's not happening. <laughs> That's what it's clear to me. I, to me, it does kind of feel like I, I agree with you. I think it seems like things are trending in the direction where it won't, it, that it will get lifted in time. It just seems like there's a lot of variables that, like, if mm -hmm. the numbers start to go back up again in any significant way, then it's the not rule's not going to change. No, it's not. And that's what he's waiting for. Right. He's waiting to see if there's a stable time where the levels are low. And there had been a stable time when the levels are low. And then you sit back and then if there's any increase, you say, man, if I had waited one other day, because what happens? Once you pull it, you don't want to then reinstitute it. You really don't. You don't want to let it go and say, okay, now we got to right, bring it all back again. We went through that, Gordon, and he doesn't want to do that again. Yeah. No, I mean, again, I do think the rule is silly. Uh, I don't think that it would really, uh, it should apply to, to, to playing baseball outside, but... It is what it is. It's the rule as of right now. And to change the rule, as you brought up last night, the wheels of, of, uh, of government move, grind slowly. Slowly. <laughs> <laughs> Not slowly. Slowly. Yeah. 
Guys, this is coming from Ken Rosenthal that Freddie Freeman is indeed nearing a six-year, $160 million deal with the Dodgers. Um, if that is correct, uh, he took less money to leave the Braves. Just throwing it out there. Well, no, he was. the reports for the Braves were five for 150. So he got slightly more. He got the extra year he won. He got the extra year, but not at the, not at the same rate that he was looking for. So yeah. I, look, I think it's, I think it's clear. Unless he just had this great desire to go home, which would seem kind of hard to believe because he's meeting with all these different teams, mm-hmm. he kind of he kind of hurt himself because he could have retired a brave, got five for one fifty, which I don't think is that much of a difference from six and what was it one six for one sixty? Yeah. Yeah, six for 160 with the Dodgers. And I think the Braves upgraded because all of a sudden you get him for a lot cheaper. And he could be, and he's also a lefty too. I mean, I mean, so is Freeman, but to replace Freeman with Olsen, it's a pretty good, that's, I mean, that's pretty good. So a lot younger too. Yeah. He is a lot younger, but you get, you know, you get, you did give up prospects to get him. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, there should be something said for it. I mean, Freddie Freeman is, is, is one of the franchise icons of the Atlanta Braves. He's a True. former MVP, he's a World Series champion. He's a career brave. You would think that that would have. I'm guessing Freddie Freeman's camp is thinking that it would have pushed them higher, but it did not. So, uh, look, they got a good they got a good plan B, I think. But yeah, they uh, I think it's a bad. I think it was a really miscalculation by Freddie Freeman's camp that he didn't really, you know, if he had gotten Chris Bryant's contract, okay, right. fine. Then you can right. say, you know what, he wanted the extra money. It's his life, whatever. Uh, I think he kind of cut off his nose to spite his face, and he got a deal that at least on the surface looks better, but I think it's pretty much the same deal. It just sounds like he wanted to make sure he got his six years, and whoever was going to give him six years, that's what he wanted. And I know the Yankees weren't going to give him six years. That was clear. So that's probably why he's not in the Bronx right now, because I don't think the Yankees wanted to give him six years. I know Gordon didn't want to give him six years. No, that would have worried me. That would have worried me. Although, i, I got to be honest, I, I have kind of looked at more, and uh, MLB Network did a nice profile on Freddie Freeman about how he's not your typical first baseman in that he has defensive skills, he's a good base runner, and those type of skills generally translate into a – uh, less sharp decline phase. Like I, a player like that would age better. Mm-hmm. But yeah, six years for $160 million for a first baseman, uh, not generally where I'd want to put the money. And how many Met highlights did they show when they were doing this? <laughs> a couple. The I'm Mets sure. were there. They were there for a couple. They I'm sure couple. they were. I'm sure they were. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.